If you don't know it by now, I can be a bit controversial on how I handle my business and in how I coach other designers about their business. Running a design firm or any small business for that matter is not a one-size-fits-all wrapped up in a pretty bow. It's about building the framework from the ground up and having a solid foundation that will make it recession-proof. The Design Paradigm is a comprehensive and powerful coaching program for interior designers wanting a challenge and looking to grow. It has epic twists and turns in the way you might think about business. If you are a little rebellious in thought, want to win it, avoid groupthink, don't care what others are doing, and want a sustainable business over the long haul that makes you stand out, then the Design Paradigm is the right place for you. We will be a partner in reimagining and refocusing your business from the ground up. Find out more at theinteriordesignparadigm.com. Welcome to the Damn Good Designer Podcast. Join host Cheryl and Liz, the visionary and integrator balancing all the moving parts of a full-service interior design firm. Get ready for a wild ride as they challenge the norms, challenge the industry, and challenge you with damn good truths about what success looks like today. Now your hosts... Hello, hello. Welcome again to the Damn Good Designer Podcast. Buckle up. You are in for a fast-paced half hour of challenging the status quo and maybe upsetting a few apple carts along the way today. My goal is not to be the most popular business coach, but the most truthful. Liz Omatic is with me today, and she is cringing already, worried about what I might say because I haven't really prepared her very well for today's episode. But she knows this is one of my hot buttons. One of a few, right, Liz? Indeed. And I think lately we've been hearing from a lot of people we're working with um, in TDP and everything. And a lot of the really honest coaching feedback has been huge for them. A lot of that being able to really be held accountable to what it is that you're doing, how it is that you're positioning yourself and your firm. It can be hard to hear that feedback sometimes Mm, right off the bat, but it's a really, really effective way to approach things. So it's definitely a um, topic that is close to our hearts in terms of being able to really be able to help people. You have to to be a little fearless to to work with us, but uh, we have great success. So here's, here's what we're gonna talk about today. Have you ever considered you are really doing it all wrong? I know that I have thought about this <laughs> a few times, you know, early on, uh, but maybe even, you know, yesterday, as early as yesterday. Have you stopped really to think and ask yourself though, what type of work do you really want to do in the residential interior design industry? Or like everyone right now, you're too busy to take a lunch, much less color your rainbow. Am I right about that, Liz? Absolutely. I think that it's really, really important and something that you've always kind of ingrained for us is the idea that if you don't know what type of business that you're trying to run or what type of clients you're trying to appeal to, how can you really position yourself to reach the clients that you want to be working with and to reach the type of people who are going to help you grow as a creative and as a designer? This is critical to being able to scale your business over time. And while it's all well and good to kind of sit where you're at and do what works, you have to be constantly thinking about what's going to be ahead. That's right. That's exactly right. And it's a mindset epidemic right now. Most designers want a particular kind of client, one who will trust the process and create beautiful things together, right? We want these these gorgeous homes, uh, you know, great portfolio, et cetera, et cetera. But these same designers keep asking for the same type of client they do not want via the verbiage they use and don't even realize this is a huge marketing fail. For many, this is just a huge disconnect in the way, uh, like Liz is talking about, the way you're positioning your firm and the type of clients you really want to attract. Let's start with 
<laughs> one of my favorite things to, to, to rant about, the discount thing. I really don't know what to say when designers ask me about this splitting discount. I'm like, what? What is this ridiculous thing that makes my marketing heart turn to an icy river of annoyance? I mean, can you imagine Kelly Wurstler saying this? In our world of interior design, we somehow get lost along the way to running a business. When you institute this discount dynamic, you make the conversation all about money, not about your secret sauce, your magical mojo, or delivering the creative vision. And no one can even articulate how the heck this works. And it's some convoluted system, like a dreaded word problem from sixth grade. And you know, Liz, how I They're not detest. our favorite. They're no. not our favorite. The <laughs> word problems, uh, you know, that's, the, that's my go-to when I'm trying to, to look at somebody. I glaze over a little bit and say, really, you're giving me a word problem. You know, fancy uh, shenanigans to explain to a client that if today is Tuesday and you are wearing blue, then my discount to you is X. But if it's over this amount, then it's only Z. Unless, of course, you're wearing red and it's a Friday, in which case it is Y. But if the moon is full and we dance naked on a Thursday, you get X, Y, and Z. Like, what? I mean, come on. Why make things complicated? How does this build trust? I think the truth is, too, that over time, this mindset might work for a short period as you're getting yourself established or as you're working through with clients who know you. But as you decide that you want to grow or as you determine that you want to be able to do more and see more in the work that you're putting out, it really does not work. You're going to have to reanalyze and determine how it is that you can cater to people who have a different mindset about what it is that they're hiring in their designer and what your firm is going to offer to them. Yeah, you only have so much mojo to go around, right? And it should never be discounted. Your creative mojo should never be discounted. And your product profit is part of the compensation, okay? It just is. I mean, for most designers, if you want to have a growing firm. Now, if you're happy and you're a small, uh, you know, solopreneur, that's okay. I mean, that's absolutely okay, you know? But to grow, let's face it, you know? I have eight employees, okay, and myself, there's no way that I'm going to be able to do that on fees alone and uh, in my small little Gulf Coast town, even though we work across the country. It is just not possible. I'm not that name brand, you know, personality. So it's really important uh, that you are that you are thinking about this when you are uh, you know talking about things and and putting out this discount deal is just not something that really sets the right tone right and if you're doing this right now we need to have a serious intervention exactly I think that the biggest thing is believing it and really wholeheartedly reviewing all of the ways that you interact with new clients and your discovery call, how your website is positioned, the type of feedback and input that you're putting into your social media. It has to be pervasive throughout everything that you do about the experience, about the type of design that you want to be creating in a more comprehensive way and really helping clients to see that there is a difference between coming in and having someone shop for you or really having a designer come in and assess your space and properly allocate what it is that you need to make it fantastic. 
being able to show a client what the benefits are to this type of mindset is huge oh, as yes. well. Benefits and this is big. something that in that initial discovery call and consultation meeting, we set the stage for that in all of the projects that we do, no matter the person's budget, no matter the scope, no matter their style. It's a really important way for us to get through to them who it is that they're hiring. Yeah. You know, when you're giving the best value for your overall proposition, you do not need to use the word discount at all. And it confuses the heck out of people. The price is the price. Can we all say that right now out loud? The price is the price. We don't even use the word discount in our retail shop, right? I mean, this is this is something that that would be, uh, you know, it's whatever. It's away like, at that idea that they're investing in something. Yeah, And that absolutely. really is what you want people to be remembering. They know that they're going to be spending a certain amount of money on the project regardless. Reminding them that the investment is in something that is bigger than just the price tag of each individual item that they're purchasing has to be a part of how you structure everything that you do from your creative presentations to actually getting through the invoicing. So, so in short, words are important. And you will hear me say this often. As a matter of fact, they become crutches and prevent challenging groupthink mindsets. Change the input into your brain and you change the outlook. So what else, Liz? Let's see. Um, oh, yes. Okay. Everyone who knows me will know what I'm about to say. The big P. No, nope, get your mind out of the gutter because I'm not talking about that P. I am talking about packages. The people uh, like to market slay me with the packages. And under no circumstances should a professional designer use this word, in my opinion. I mean, barf. But... It's not the concept of packaging, y'all. It's not the concept of packaging these services that is objectionable. It's the words and the connotations it conjures up. Designers who have packages invariably get shopped. And I wonder why. You are asking for this, folks. Packages are for Santa Claus and the UPS, man. Not a damn good designer. And overall, it is difficult sometimes to get away from the type of verbiage that you're using or the mindset that you have about structuring your services. But this is the whole idea behind really getting into your marketing and readdressing what it is that's working and then what isn't. Because those are the type of things that may not trigger for you. It may seem like not a big deal, but those type of words associate in a certain way with people and it makes the type of service you're providing much more commercialized. Right. And can you, and, and commoditize too. Can you imagine Kelly Wurstler saying that, you know, like, do you want my package A or my package B or my package C? I mean, it's just, it's just not good. If you really sit and think about it. And right now I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are going, Oh, Cheryl, you know, I love my packages. It works great for me. Well, if it's, it works great for you, that's fine. You know, but it's kind of a crutch really. It's, it's keeping you from looking within and really marketing your business in the best possible way. You can trust me on this. You know, I, I I'm a marketer at heart. I really, really am. And you have to work on your own processes and define your ideal client. But Okay, it's okay to sell services. It's fine to sell smaller services, but do not shortchange yourself by selling something no one is even asking you for. And if they do ask you for it, look at the client, tell them you don't sell packages, you sell a creative vision or you sell a creative solution. It's just bad marketing altogether. Okay, just trust me on this. Who wants to be known as the designer who has the best package? Not me, that's the truth. You know, seek to understand the perception of your firm by your intended audience, okay? That is one of the, the most important marketing precepts. We are constantly reaffirming our positioning from the get-go. And, and we're positioning, 
you know, our firm all the time. Mm -hmm. Not like Liz is saying, through the discovery call, through the initial consultation, in social media. It's not just about the marketing that you put out there on a website. It's every interaction. You know, I'm very fond of saying that marketing is something that you do throughout the life cycle of that relationship with a client or a potential client. And we eat the elephant one bite at a time before anyone can ask about this. No one gets a chance to ask tough questions as we're going to lead the conversation, not try and defend our position later on. And that's what happens to too many people. They don't think about this. They don't go on the offensive. Remember that saying, what is it that the, the best offense is a good defense, good defense or whatever? Yeah. I don't know. If you position your firm for a certain type of business and then complain about it, when you get customers or clients who are following in line with your messaging and what you are selling, stop complaining about it because you're asking for it. Sell packages and you are commoditizing your business and you will get bargain shoppers and that's the truth. That should be a trigger too. That should be, if you find that you're getting the type of leads that are not aligning with how you wanna grow, that yes. should be telling you that what you're putting out there into the universe, no matter what platform it's on, is not aligning with the type of customer who is looking for a more experienced, more savvy, more sort of global thinking designer. That's absolutely true. If you're on Facebook every other day, and you're saying something about, you know, I have this client and they're, they're shopping me, they're questioning the price, they're doing this, they're doing that, whatever. Then, you know, you need to ask yourself, what are you doing? And that's where the premise comes in. You know, is it the clients or is it us? Our website is gonna position our firm as an established local business with a team of people to service the client who bring their A game to every project. You know, you can look at our website, you're gonna see where it says, you know, we're your patient advocate, but without the jello in the cup, you know? And what I mean by by that is that we are, you know, your advocate in a building process because that's the type of work that we do. It says we are not decorators, but a design firm. And I think that, you know, maybe on some days when we're banging our head against the wall about subcontractors and all that sort of thing, we might be feeling like, you know, it would be great to just go in and decorate someone's home and not have to worry about all the ins and outs and the transitions yeah. and the materials and the shipments and all if those you, type of If things. you're listening and you have like a 5,000 square foot house <laughs> and you just want us to come in and furnish it, please, you know, call me right now. Call me right now. And of course we do offer services that are associated with decorating a person's home. But this is laid in with a much more comprehensive review, a much more specific process to be able to identify functional issues and flow and even when we're focused on a furnishings project, there's still a certain level of the overall experience and design that we're going to be putting into the space that is going to have a much more involved input on our part than just coming in and trying to sort of pick and choose new little pieces to refresh their space. Yeah. So it's important to keep in mind how it is that that type of mentality separates you from a certain type of client who might need more. The other thing to keep in mind is that ultimately, while decorating is a part of what we all probably do day to day in a certain level, a lot of the deeper needs that a space is going to require have to be analyzed in a more comprehensive way. You're not going to be able to really get the profile pictures or the portfolio pictures and the overall content that you want on your website to show that you are a more seasoned designer in this type of way. So you have to think about that. How is it that the things that you're posting on your blog, the images that you're putting on social media are telling people who see this work what it is that you're doing? 
Right. And, and, and selling a package is just not doing that. It's just really not. It is commoditizing your business. And when you commoditize your business, you are competing on price. And that's the thing you have to remember all the time. You are not competing on creativity or creative vision. And you're in control of how people view your business. Teach people how to treat you. Okay, teach people how to treat you. Your services are a product, you know, but it's not a commoditized product. And as such, you must be the one to define that product, just as if it were any other type of product you're bringing to market. If you sell it as is, and oh, please do not sell a block of time either, people will see it as exactly that and not as a product that will change your life, okay? You are control of this perception in the marketplace. And it's interesting because we get asked a lot by um, people who we're working with, designers we're working with, about how it is that we talk about pricing, how it is that we get budget information from clients, you know, how that whole dynamic plays out. And it really all boils down in the discovery call, not so much to talking about numbers. Of course, we have to get a general sense of their budget and all of that. But it really is more about having a good interaction with a client, being able to let them speak about what it is that they need, being able to speak to what they're saying and really hear them out, and then really be able to position how it is that you are the ideal fit for that client. Right. You have to be more proactive in being able to assess every individual time what it is that's going to make that client tick and cater to that. This is not about having a one-off type of service where you have a quick spiel that you give to everyone and then you move along on your merry way. That's right. Positioning is everything. Okay. So positioning is everything. And I think the epic fail I see designers doing on a daily basis is marketing the product as just time and then selling it this way. Time is a construct of constant change that occurs around us, a way to mark a passage from, you know, this event to that event. Who really wants their product pricing to be evaluated on the basis of this metric? I certainly don't. This service offering is being wrapped up in a container of sorts, and then people are selling it as, you know, another one of my, my favorite rants as blocks of time. You can't see the air quotes I'm doing here right now. <laughs> you know, this is where I might make you a little bit itchy because you might might have, uh, you know, you might be doing this yourself, you know, but, but who wants to pay $2,000 for a block, a block of what a block of time that does exactly what for me, the consumer, think about it. How does one market a block of time? How is this block going to change my life? How will this block make me feel? What does the block look like? How is your block different from the competition? My contention is if you're selling blocks of your time or packages or whatever, you're doing it wrong. If you want the client to revere your talent and your creative energies and work with the type of client who will do just that. Why reduce your mojo to being associated with something so not about design? Remember, it's not the concept of selling something, a service in an increments or whatever. It's just how you are positioning it. Okay. Would you commission an artist to do a beautiful painting of your children? Okay. Then say, oh, hey, can you just do this in blocks of time? What sort of painting are you going to get? I think that the big thing that you have to remember here when you're thinking about that verbiage is how it takes away from what you want the client to be focusing on. 
We don't want them to be thinking about how much money they're spending or how much time it's going to take us to get them to where they need to go when it comes to the design. And that's really what these blocks of time associate with. It totally turns what it is that you're offering into something that can be compartmentalized into a certain chunk of time, as if you only need to run upstairs and quickly pull a couple of samples together for them. That's not how most of us are operating in our firm. And we all know very well that if you were to track your time from top to bottom, onboarding all the way through to an install, for the most part, you're probably not charging enough time for what it is that you're doing. Right. So how is it possible that we could ever really associate what it is that we bring to the table, both in terms of intellectual property and the analysis that we do by only charging for five hours at a time or 10 hours at a time. And here's another good one. Okay. So do you hire a plumber with blocks of time or do you hire a plumber to solve a problem? Right. Okay. So we're hired a lot to solve problems and not that we're like plumbers, but if, if you wouldn't expect it for a trade, why do we want to present it this way to a client? Right? Seriously. I just have never gotten this concept. You have to consider the marketing options always, always, always. The problem with this is that too many actually believe this is okay. No one is being truthful with them and saying, hey, you know what? You're really, you know, selling these blocks is really not a good optic. It's, it's really not. And to be clear, I'm not saying that we don't give our clients favorable pricing as we believe in the win-win mindset where we not only do we run a successful business, you know, but clients also win. But it's hard to build a premier consulting business targeting hiring consumers, marketing packages and blocks. That's just the truth. This mindset is one of the most damaging things a designer can do in their business and to their worth and to their brand. You know, um, I think by and large, honestly, the people who complain about people shopping them for pricing, questioning time invoices, not seeing their value as part of the design team, blah, 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 are often marketing to the very people they do not seem to want. Okay, so this is like a mic drop moment here. Okay, but I'm not really going to drop the mic because that would hurt because it's really heavy. But I'm just saying it really is if you really stop and think about it, if you haven't tuned me out already saying, I, I like my blocks, you know, I like my packages, you know, they're cute and, and they I put them on this uh platform and that platform and then I sell them and it makes it easy for me. Yeah, it makes it easier for you because you don't have to think about it. You don't have to think about the marketing, right? I think a quick note to make here too is the fact that it's not that from an internal perspective, you can't look at what it is that you're going to offer in terms of an alternative service and really look at, okay, well, I could do this for this amount of time or it would take me this much. That's fine. But it's about positioning it to a client that that's how it is that they are going to engage you to do the work that needs to be done. It's a mindset that you are planting in them that demeans what it is that needs to be done and that sets them up to then have to question things. So it's perfectly fine to be analyzing historical data and trying to figure out how that all is structured in your own office. But it really, you have to think about how does that translate to what it is that a person is thinking about when they're hiring you and getting you involved in a project? Do you really want someone who is going to be constantly concerned about how much time they're spending? It's just like hiring a lawyer. You know, I don't want to have to be worried about every 15 second block I'm going to be having on a conversation. I want to be able to engage and really get to the crux of the things that need to be resolved with our clients. And so this is why it's important to really reverse engineer how you think about this. Yeah. And and, and really go back to delivering that creative vision, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but the bottom line is if you don't want these types of clients, then stop marketing to them. 
with their blocks of time and the packages and the other constructs that detract from what you should be selling. You know, this creative talent, your expertise, your mojo, your passion, you know, all of those things. That's really what you want to focus on more than anything. You know, creating a comprehensive design vision is not a paint by number set sold by people at the hobby shop. And we need to stop behaving like it is as an industry. I think that the whole splitting discounts or sharing or whatever that nonsense is, because I can't even figure that out. And the selling of packages and, and blocks of time and, and all these other things. And there's so many uh, to go into that we you know can't even begin to think about it right now, but we'll cover more. There's just certain types of verbiage that is bad marketing. It's bad optics. And mm -hmm. this is something you have to think about, okay? You don't want to just think, oh, well, it's, it's just on my website. It's just a way to, to put together time. It's just a way of selling this because it's not just that. It is what people are seeing and you the have words to be matter. A, that's right. Words matter. And you have to be thinking, uh, holistically about what this projects to the clients that you're trying to serve. And, and the first thing you have to do is figure out what clients those are that you want to serve. But I can tell you right now, none of our clients are asking for blocks of time or what's your right. best package. And, and honestly, you know, has anyone ever called us, Liz, and asked for, you know, what our packages are? No. I, I mean, you never. deal with that. And even even when people, you know, maybe position a question to you about how your pricing works or whatever it happens to be, you are in control of the verbiage that you put out there. And so while it may be all well and good for you to be talking with clients in the way that you have been recently about being able to structure your services this way, the disconnect is going to be when you start to realize that the type of projects and the type of growth you want to see in your portfolio isn't happening. And the reason it's not happening is because you're not engaging clients in the type of experience that gets them to a point where they're over the hump and not caring anymore about what the exact time frame is that it requires for you to get a project done. You really want to be able to help establish with them from a very early point that this is not about being able to charge for every minute that's going to be associated with the project, but to be able to look at a project globally and really, really analyze it from the ground up for the best success. Right. Which means that you have to be really good at determining the scope of work. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's too much to go into today, but maybe we'll have to cover that because I think that, uh, you know, being able to determine the scope of work is something that really, uh, you know, newer designers struggle with quite a bit. They're not really sure how to ask the right questions to get the right answers to be able to then, you know, price it accordingly. Mm -hmm. But but really, it, it's it's not so much about, again, the, the services, because you can say services. So I'm hoping everybody, I'm hearing everybody like, you know, stop what they're doing right now, going to their website and calling their website person or going on there and saying, okay, I'm going to, Gonna, you know, uh, change everything that I have as a package to services. And, you know, there, there are major, um, uh, you know, venues out there, uh, different types of platforms that push this package concept. And I'm just like, you know, I've even tried to reach out to some of them as a service to our industry to say, hey, you know what, you really, this is, you're doing a disservice to us. And I think people buy into all this, right? Mm -hmm. They just, they see this and they buy into this sort of mindset that is is so detrimental to them. And it's and it's not a disconnect in your ability to be successful, uh, as, as many can be successful with this type of business model, but it's a disconnect when you're not happy with the type of work that you are 
you're doing. You're not getting a good enough portfolio of projects or, or you don't like that specific clientele or whatever. Yeah. Or you you're know. spinning round and round doing these, you know, small furnishings projects where you're not really affecting the space in as substantial way as you want to. I mean, we all love a good, you know, we just did actually a great little install for a client. It was a smaller furniture project. It was kind of a fill-in between some bigger jobs we had going on. And it was a blast. I mean, they loved it. The clients loved it. And we were happy to be able to accommodate. But that's not going to be our bread and butter every day. And really, the biggest thing that appealed to us about that job is they were willing to take it a little bit of a step further and think about some of the other details that go along with the design. That's the type of mentality that you want clients to have. You, you want, want to them to, to be, it. yes, you want them to be engaged in understanding that the art is going to matter. The lighting right. is going to matter. The nasty, you know, whatever yellow pancake batter paint color they have on the walls is really going to detract from what it is that you're able to do in the space. Those type of analysis have to be associated with a more global approach. They just have to be. Yeah, absolutely. And there was just, you just made me think of something and it just, the, the thought just went right out of my head. But I think that uh, with this particular client that Liz and Libby just installed last night, they sent us uh, or sent Liz last night a, a great little text message about how excited so they were cute. and all that kind of thing. But I think that when you're, when you, people ask me all the time, this is a question I get quite a bit. How do I get clients to want to finish the job? How do I get them to want to do all of that so that I can then turn around and photograph it and make it look great for my portfolio? And I'm going to tell you what, think about it now. Are you really going to be able to do that by selling them a quote unquote package or a, uh, a block of time? Is that really serving your purpose? And a lot of the people that ask that question, I go to their website and I see, yeah, there it is. You know, there's their, their, their packages and their blocks and, you know, and, and all of that sort of thing. And that's not the way that you go to get about finishing this project. And this, this couple was so delightful. And this is a small job for us. I remember when Liz and I went out there and I was like, <laughs> oh Lord, it is. What have you done with us here on this project? Because it was so small. And then we start talking to them and they're so excited. I think the man actually read every word on our website. He did. Do you remember? And he, he was like every quoting message, me. Every email he wrote back, this is beautiful. Every, this is beautiful. That was a beautiful email. Thank you for the beautiful recap. I mean, he could he not just... have been more smitten. And I said to him, I just am like, if I could duplicate you in every single instance that we have, it would make our entire jobs so different. They're just, they're just, they're just such delightful people. And these but they are the were people... happy to be taken away by it. They were happy for yes. us to yes. really transform it. And they didn't ask questions because we positioned it the right way from the beginning. And that is exactly what it is, especially when you're going to take on those kinds of jobs. Look, you know, and this wasn't a big budget or anything, y'all. I mean, we're not talking about some, you know, ginormous project here or something else that was this this incredible thing. This was just a, a a smaller project for us, and it was just something that was so much fun to to do because they really trusted the process. And trusting the process is something that you want to be working towards to get the client to uh, to buy into. And if you're not, if if all of your 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 gears aren't you know going in that same direction to be able to do that, then you're going to have a problem later on. And that's when uh, people have issues, you know, and honestly, I'm not saying we don't ever get a bad client or somebody that's upset or whatever. I'm not saying that, but we do an inordinately good job of weeding a lot of that out. But I think a lot of it is is done on our website with the verbiage we use. Mm -hmm. And then when we're talking to them on the discovery call and that sort of thing. And we are mindful of this positioning at all times. 
Is there anything else you want to add to any of that, no, Liz, before I mean, we get into our damn good truth? Again, I think that it's a lot of this has been, you know, I've been with Cheryl for eight years now, and it really has become this sort of bedrock of how we operate. You know, we think about this in all dynamics of how we run this business and we work really hard to train our team to think about it in the same way because the words that you use just matter. And when you have struggles that you're running into or you find that you're not hitting the wickets that you want, you have to be able to stop and look at it, you know, from, I remember actually a quick, quick story. I remember a couple of years ago, we were kind of hashing through our blog and Cheryl was like, I've got to refresh and get some new stuff up there. And we had this, it was a cute little kitchen remodel she had done. You know, the client had done some of the the work himself really to, to sort of keep the budget down. But we had kind of joked because we kept getting all of these budget kitchen, you know, inquiries. And she was like, I'm just like, I just don't understand why these people keep calling. And, you know, we kind of had this like aha moment where it's like, well, we've got this like adorable kitchen, of course, you know, we're going to style it up and make it look cute as a button in the pictures. But it's like, you know, we're advocating for the fact that like we can help you achieve this. Did you, you have know, to bring that? Did you have to I bring know, that but up? It's a, it's okay. such it was a like, good, you know, silly It's a good thing. and important <laughs> reminder that like even your best work, we, we talk about this too with like giving people the, the um, what is it? The low, medium, high price ranges. You're setting them up to believe that they don't have to spend the most amount of money to get the best look. And of which, course- Which they don't, right. which they don't. But you're, but you're again, you're, when you do that, you're commoditizing right. what you're doing and you're, and you're focusing on the, the bits and points. pieces and the bits and pieces, you're not focusing on the whole, which is the creative vision. And what Liz is talking about, and I'm not sure that you're really saying is that this was an opt-in, mm-hmm. okay? So this was, this was, you know, all of a sudden we start getting these leads and I'm realizing, you know, I took an NKBA budget kitchen winner and I already had all the information, right? So I thought, oh, this will be great for a little opt-in because I already have all the info. I can whip this out in no time and get it done. And, you know, and my marketing is done like at 2 a.m., you know, when I have a free moment. So, because uh, I am the marketing department. So, you know, I'm thinking, okay, that's that's all right. You know, I, I'm going to do this. Well, then all of a sudden it hit me like a ton of bricks. You know, no, I am asking for budget kitchens when I am putting out there an opt-in on how to optimize your kitchen as you know, as a budget kitchen. And I did it just because it was easy. It was easy for me to do. I wasn't thinking about it properly at all. And it took about two weeks of getting those kinds of leads and whatnot that just made me realize, uh, hello, this is not what we want. So why are we asking for it? So you remember, you have to ask for what you want. Mm -hmm. You have to put it out there as to what you want. And then you're going to be able to be much more successful with it. So, okay, let's go into our damn good truth. Number three, I focus a lot of time on marketing mindset, not from the hocus pocus perspective of self-talk and all that hoodoo voodoo stuff, but on the words we use that can inevitably create our own tornado of client problems. I promise you, this is a major point to drive home and analyze in your own business. Think about it. Are you helping or hindering your marketing by not being mindful about the message you are conveying. Hmm. Thank you for joining us today. Please do not shoot the messenger or messengers and hope to see you back next time. And if you like what you hear here, then let us know um, and you want us to continue. Let us know by hitting us with a review and we'll know you're listening. We'd love Thank it. you. Thank Thanks you so much, you guys. Until next time, stay bold, stay inspired. 
and keep embracing your bag girl spirit. If you've enjoyed today's show, head over to join the community at damngooddesigner.com to continue the conversation and sign up for our newsletter. 